listening to Tripod, a podcast series of interviews of interest to the HR community. It is hosted by Jim Stroud, sponsored by Proactive Talent, and enjoyed by you. Today's episode begins right after this. Let's face it, we're in a whole new world now. We know that the reactive old way of, of hiring uh, and the post and pray model is expensive and it's getting more expensive every year. What employer brand does is it is a long-term strategy that will help you get better at hiring faster and at a higher quality. 75% of candidates will research a company before even applying and 86% of candidates will not work for a company that has a bad or non-existent employer brand. Some of the many benefits of having an effective and strong employer brand include doubling the amount of applicants you get per job post, decreasing your cost per hire by 40%, improving employee retention by 60%, and overall just yield better Glassdoor reviews. We know that Companies with stronger employer brands spend about 10% less overall for talent. Proactive Talent helps out clients with their employer brand uh, by going in and working with them in several phases to learn more about the, the culture, the people, what are the important values to each and every employee, and then to share that story and refresh the employer brand or build it from the ground up. The benefits of having an effective employer brand is that you're going to be able to attract the talent that you really want to join your company and not just people who would be simply applying for whatever requisitions you have out there. They generally love your message, love your culture, and are there to be with you for the long haul. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Tripod. And depending on where you are and when you listen, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Today, we have a very special guest. Special guest, tell us, who are you and what do you do? (laughs) Uh, Thanks. Thanks, Jim. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, For the last 21 years, I've been an executive coach uh, working with executives and organizations around the world to uh, help them get better results by developing their emotional intelligence. Well, Phil Johnson, you sound like you've been busy. (laughs) Uh, That's been interesting. Yeah. So uh, emotional intelligence, what exactly is that? Uh, a really simple way to, to look at emotional intelligence. Well, first of all, it's it's very different. It's a different type of intelligence than intellectual intelligence. It's um, it's developed in an experiential process. It's not meaning it's not a it's it's developed by what you do, not what you think. Mm. A real simple way to think of emotional intelligence is it's the ability to feel the fear and anxiety that change and innovation creates in us and move through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve, as opposed to allowing um, our fear to keep us trapped in our comfort zones. Okay. Okay. Why, um, in your estimation, why is it especially important these days to have emotional intelligence? Uh, Great question. Um, we're facing a tsunami of change. Change mm. is increasing at a at an exponential rate, and we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So what actually happens is that whenever we take an action that moves us outside of our comfort zone, it triggers a part of our old lizard brain 
to um, to secrete a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol, and that causes the it causes us to go into what psychologists refer to as a fight, flight, or freeze mode, and um, the development of emotional intelligence enables us to feel the, the fear and anxiety that's created when we move outside of our comfort zone and move through it, as opposed to allowing that anxiety to keep us trapped without to stop us from moving forward. Can anyone develop their emotional intelligence? I mean, Absolutely. can they get Absolutely. better over time? How, how can you do that? <clears throat> by, uh, by doing emotional labor, by, um, by practicing, there's actually an energy physics to all of this mm. uh, that I've been proving and demonstrating over the last 21 years that uh, we need to stop giving away our energy and we do it in a myriad of ways unconsciously and how we communicate, listen, take responsibility, make decisions, all sorts of ways. <clears throat> uh, we're actually only conscious about three to 5% of the time the rest of the time we're relying on our habits to determine the bulk of our behavior and our results. So um, yeah, anybody can develop their emotional intelligence. Everybody can um, by learning to, to stop giving away their energy and moving towards their desired result. So it's an experiential process. Think of it, here's, a, here's an analogy <clears throat> between IQ and EQ. Think of your ability to do intellectual labor, IQ, um, as somebody giving you $10,000 a day for 31 days. So at the end of 31 days, you've got $310,000. Think of emotional intelligence as somebody giving you a penny that doubles in value every day for 31 days. So day one, you've got a penny. Day two, you've got two pennies. Day 31, you've got $10.7 million. And actually, if you continue on, um, after 40 days, you've got over 5 billion. After 50 days, you've got over 5 trillion. The point is that, that um, it doesn't take any more effort to go from day 30 to day 31 than it did to go from day one to day two, but it's a, it's a building process. Uh, so the ROI in developing our emotional intelligence never ends. It keeps getting greater and greater and greater. And actually, there was a there was a study done by UC Berkeley over 40 years that concluded that emotional intelligence was 400 times more more valuable in, in predicting success than intellectual intelligence. Uh, hmm. Sorry, 400 400 percent more valuable. Um, and uh, I think that number is low. I think uh, emotional intelligence is. Uh, is far more important than intellectual intelligence, especially during the times we live in um, of rapid and accelerating change. Sure, sure. It, 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 it seems to me, as you're saying that, the difference between EQ and IQ, I think with IQ, you're sort of born with it. With EQ, you have to develop it. Yep, exactly. IQ is a genetic, the, uh, our ability to do intellectual labor is genetic. Not everybody can have 160 IQ, but anybody can develop their emotional intelligence uh, by doing the emotional labor that requires. Wow, wow. Um, is the, 
Emotional intelligence, let's say you have a high level of emotional intelligence. Could that guarantee personal career and corporate success? I mean, is that pretty much a guarantee if you have emotional intelligence? Yes. Wow. Good answer. <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, it, it actually, and this gets into the energy physics part of this. Mm. Uh, developing our emotional intelligence also enables us to become more inspirational leaders and it raises our level of consciousness about what's going on in us and around us. Um, yeah, betting on yourself by developing your emotional intelligence ensures career, corporate, and personal success. I'll give you an example of a company that's currently doing over a trillion dollars a year in revenue. Uh, yeah. whose primary hiring focus is on the development of emotional intelligence, a hiring emotional intelligence. That company is Apple. That's why when you walk into an Apple store, that energy you feel is, is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. They're not trying to sell you anything. They're, they're trying to understand your, your pain and, if possible, provide a solution. They want you to have a great experience. Whether you buy anything or not is secondary to their desire to want to serve you. And maybe you'll go tell your friends and they'll tell their friends. So the energy you feel is a very different energy, if you think about it, from the energy in the stores surrounding that Apple store. Mm. And so that Apple, so the emotional intelligence represents the future of organizational change. More and more companies like Apple, Google, Southwest Airlines, JetBlue, Infosys, Whole Foods, FedEx, Costco, and others are hiring, promoting, and developing emotional intelligence. How are they How are they doing that? Is it through some sort of a, uh, online assessment tool? Is it just, is it mentoring? <laughs> yeah, what exactly did they do? That? How did they do that? Yeah. The real short answer, and I help organizations do that, but the real short answer is the more emotionally intelligent you are, mm -hmm. the easier it is for you to spot it in somebody else. Hmm. The less emotionally intelligent somebody is, um, the harder it is for for them to recognize it in others. And this it's a it, it's we, we're facing a big problem in companies in general. Uh, the current level of employee engagement worldwide, roughly according to Gallup, is around 13%. Low levels of employee engagement are costing the U.S. economy over a trillion dollars a year. Um, and there's almost a one-to-one -one correlation between the level of employee engagement and the level of customer engagement. So that if your employees don't feel safe, if they're not engaged in what they're doing, then neither are your neither do your customers. Your customers aren't engaged either. Um, so toxicity, drama, chaos, and conflict within organizations and the toxicity that produces is a major problem within most organizations. So the lack of emotional intelligence is, is a major contributor to that toxicity. And you know, the development I, I, of emotional intelligence is the solution. Sure, sure. I, I think I see, I've seen in real life this played out so many times. If I go to uh, a retail store uh, and the, the customer service people are just not happy and it comes across in a 
a negative experience. But likewise, I've seen uh, I've also seen good examples of this. Uh, I remember once uh, years ago, I was going to um, to Australia, and I was walking through the airport, and I would see the different uh, uh, customer service terminals there, and everybody's sort of sitting there, like sort of twiddling their thumbs as they looked like they you know were sucking on lemons. And then I passed by uh, Virgin Airlines uh, customer service. Thing. And it felt like I was like I was walking into a club atmosphere, and it was it was a like disco music or something going on, and people were, they were smiling, sort of bumping their heads, and people some people were just walking in there just to be in the atmosphere. <laughs> they weren't going to buy anything uh, with Virgin. They just wanted to be in that atmosphere, and it really uh, it's it's something I've always remembered, obviously, because it really showed me how you have the right people in customer service, it translates into better business for the company. And I guess Absolutely. that leads over to emotional intelligence. Yeah, and we have these specialized because we've evolved from herds, tribes, um, over the millions of years. Um, we've had to develop the ability to sense whether somebody's trying to help us or hurt us, whether they're trying to help us or eat us. Uh, and so we have these specialized brain cells in our prefrontal cortex. That's that brain scientists called mirror neurons. You can Google it. Um, but basically, that's how when you walk into a room, you can sense the energy in the room. Um, you're having a conversation with somebody, you can sense uh, their level of authenticity, whether they're trying to help you or, or trying to control or manipulate you. And that's a really big thing because with the accelerating rate of change, things are happening so fast that trustability um, is, a, is a really big thing. There, there's something called the trust economy that's mm. growing much faster than the traditional economy. It's currently estimated at over $10 trillion a year. The development of your emotional intelligence creates, demonstrates trustability, enhances your trustability. People pick up on it and want to be around you. They feel safer around you. Um, so your network of trusted advisors, people that you trust, they trust, it's your greatest asset, both as an individual and as an organization. And you really can't develop that trust. You can't demonstrate that you are trustable unless you lower your walls, unless you become more emotionally intelligent. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a really weird example of what what I think you're saying there. I'm gonna use a pop pop culture reference. So I think it was the Oscars. We had the the infamous um, slap <laughs> heard around the world. If you're familiar with that, Will Smith gets angry at Chris Rock for making a joke about his wife's haircut or hairstyle or whatever. And so I look at that um, with your um, analysis in mind. So. You see two powerhouses. Chris Rock is, you know, uh, arguably the, an A-list celebrity. Will Smith is definitely an A-list celebrity. But Will Smith loses his cool and embarrasses himself by his uh, slap of Chris Rock, in my opinion. Chris Rock showed more emotional intelligence because he held control of his emotions, stayed in the business mindset. Maybe he cussed him out during a commercial break. I don't know. <laughs> but on camera in front of everyone, he maintained his professionalism. So he showed 
the 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 most more emotional intelligence than than Will Smith at that time, and so I, uh, would, would that be a fair uh, yeah comparison? What, what happened is um, something that Chris said triggered Will to go into what's referred to what psychologists refer to as an amygdala hijack. So. Um, Will just reacted without thinking. His walls went up. He became resistive, judgmental, attached outcome. And he reacted in a way I'm sure he later regretted. <laughs> but in, yeah. in, the, in the moment, mm. um, the cortisol going through his bloodstream um, caused him to go into the, this amygdala hijack where people go into what's called fight, flight, or freeze mode. Some mm. people lash out, some people run away, some people freeze like a deer in the headlights. In that instance, um, Will lashed out. Um, and Chris was able to keep his walls down. He was able to, he didn't take what Will was doing personally. He. I mean, he was a, he didn't respond back. And that's an example of uh, inspirational leadership. See, we, when we, when we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, um, because of our resistance to change um, and the, those amygdala hijacks, when that happens in conflict situations, Sometimes people die, actually. Uh, when it happens in business or personal situations, relationships die. We burn trust. Um, so if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet our amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the fear and anxiety that change and innovation creates in us and moves through it towards what it is we're trying to achieve as opposed to allowing that anxiety to control us. Yeah. So, so Chris had an attachment to a desired result that was stronger than the fear that was generated in him when Will hit him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very profound. It, it makes me... When I when I saw that, and I've seen other examples uh, across social media where, uh, let's say, people behaving badly, where they seem really infantile, um, in that they respond to maybe political messages in an infantile way, in my opinion, or they just have this self entitlement about them, and they feel that they should always get their way. It, 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 it made me think, and I want to, at some point I thought maybe this is just a generational thing, that this next generation is just so entitled and spoiled. Uh, but I see it beyond, um, I see it beyond generations. I think it's like a whole cultural thing where it's, it's yeah, really, yeah, it shows a lack of, it shows a real lack of EQ in our society overall. And yeah. I have to wonder how, does it, I have to wonder how does that affect um, hiring? If this is the talent pool you pull from, you know, I imagine that makes EQ an, an even um, more important thing to consider when hiring, if this is the talent pool you're pulling from. What, what are Absolutely. your thoughts on that? 
Absolutely. It's a, it's a must have career skill. Mm. It's a, and the world economic forum, uh, geez, back in 2015 said that, uh, emotional intelligence is, is become a top 10 must have career skill worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, our, um, our educational system has failed us and our employment system has failed us. They failed to prepare us for the tsunami of change we're facing. Uh, they focus primarily on our ability to do intellectual labor and have done little or nothing to develop our emotional intelligence. So we're all pretty well walking around with a low in a low-grade amygdala hijack most of the time, mm-hmm. meaning that it doesn't take much to trigger us to go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And that, that creates the drama, chaos, and conflict uh, we see everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we really, uh, because of the accelerator, some scientists estimate that in this century, we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. So 200 centuries worth of change in this century. So change is increasing at an exponential rate. Sure. We can see change occur in front of our eyes. <clears throat> it's never happened at this rate in any other previous generation. From the time somebody was born to the time they died, things were pretty much the same. That's no longer the case. Mm-hmm. And so we've got this 500 million year old brain that really doesn't want us to leave the safety of our cave. And so we have there's significant we have significant resistance to change both biologically and sociologically and <clears throat> we really need to be developing our emotional intelligence to be able to handle the drama chaos and conflict that's going to occur with the accelerating rate of change we're facing Emotional intelligence isn't a solution to the challenges we're facing. It's the only solution to the challenges we're facing. The only solution. So you see EI as the root cause of every problem in the world? I see it as a solution. Okay. Yeah, it's it's um, it's the process of developing our emotional intelligence will also develop It will enable us to become more inspirational leaders, and it will also raise our level of consciousness. So all three of those things occur at the same time. Hmm. 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 I would like to see more attention on EQ by companies, because I see that if companies do it, it'll filter out into the greater population uh, eventually. And as I say, it's... um, betting on yourself, betting on your organization by developing your emotional intelligence guarantees career, corporate, and personal success. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy to develop emotional intelligence. There, there are significant, we have a significant resistance to change, to doing the work that the development of emotional intelligence requires. Um, but the results are remarkable. They're remarkable. 
Is that how you test whether or not uh, someone's EQ is legitimate as opposed to someone just pretending to have great EQ until um, uh, they're under pressure? Again, I go back to the, the Chris Rock, Will Smith uh, slap. I, I've been a fan of Will Smith for years. I yep. never would have expected that kind of behavior at that time. He's a good guy. He I'm just, sure he is. He, he just he just got triggered. A habit got triggered. A fight, flight, or freeze habit got triggered for a mm. moment, mm -hmm. and he wasn't thinking in that moment. He was just reacting to the to the to the fight, flight, or freeze response. So he lashed out, and we do that all the time. I think we're stuck in traffic. Somebody cuts us off in traffic, right? We're, <laughs> yeah. we're pounding on the dashboard. We want to, what yeah. the hell is that guy? That guy doesn't know us. He doesn't, you know, but yet something as small as being cut off in traffic, we can take personally and it can it can trigger road rage. Mm -hmm. it's, the same, it's the same thing. Wow. It, it's like um, different emotions have different energy frequencies. Would, would, would you agree with that? They absolutely do. And the, um, the, the emotions, um, can we share uh, a screen here? Is that possible? Oh, well, what, we're doing exactly audio. What you're talking about. We're doing audio, but you can share it. You oh. can, you can um, comment over what you're sharing with okay. me if you like. So the, the, the lower energy frequencies like fear and shame, mm. um, anger um, occur when we raise our walls, when we're in the midst of one of these amygdala hijacks. Mm -hmm. Higher energy frequencies like joy and love, um, acceptance, enlightenment um, are the higher energy frequencies uh, that occur, higher energy emotions that occur as we learn to lower our walls. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay, this is um, hmm, this is interesting. What, what, I see the need for the change um, externally, being the society at large. I'm, I'm sure people, I'm sure there are different HR leaders listening who who probably could see um, how this could benefit the organizations. What are what are two primary sources of motivation for change from a from oh, a work related good question position? There's only. Uh... There's only two sources of motivation that will cause us to leave our comfort zone and move through the fear and anxiety that that takes. One is pain. The other one is passion. Um, and hardly anybody's connected with their passion. So for the small group of people that are actually willing to do the work, um, the change requires that the development of their emotional intelligence requires. It's usually driven by pain an urgent mm. desire for better results than they're currently getting. Um, and quite frankly, most people, although lots of people would like to get better results than they're currently getting, few people are actually willing to do the work, the emotional labor that change requires. So what they do instead, unfortunately, because they're unwilling to change themselves, they try and change everybody else. They try mm. and use position-based power to control and manipulate others to get them to change. And that's what we've been doing 
for a very, very long time. That's why the level of employee and customer engagement is so low. Mm -hmm. That's why the environments are so toxic because we've been trying to change everybody else because we're not willing to change ourselves. You can't change an organization without changing the individuals in the organization. Culture, an organization of culture is simply the sum total of all the individual energies, all the individuals in that organization. So organizational change has to begin with individual change. So if a company is really serious about um, uh, EQ in the organization, it really should start with the leadership. Perhaps they're, they're the ones who should be assessed and tested and coached. And then it filters down to the rest of the organization. Or do you see yeah. it more of a bottom up? Well, it, it's it's both, Jim. See, leadership's not a position. Okay. It's a choice. Leadership's not a title. Mm. It's, it's a way of behaving. Mm. So everybody needs to be working on developing their leadership, whether they're working in the warehouse or whether they're, you know, making decisions in the corporate office. If you need a title to get people to follow you, you're not a leader. You're using position-based power to control and manipulate. If your actions don't inspire followers, you're not a leader. Mm. Mm. So leadership is not a position. It's not a title. It's a choice. And we all need to be better leaders. We need to stop giving away our energy. We need to stop giving away our agency to other people to make choices for us. Yes, yes. And I can see how having a very strong EQ makes you more influential than having a strong IQ because I've, I've, I've heard it said different ways. Um, book knowledge does not make you wise. <laughs> It's actually worse because you think you know more than you do. Yeah, yeah. If, if what you think you know isn't reflected in what you do, you don't really know it. You just think you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned prior to this podcast in an earlier conversation about a UC Berkeley study um, saying that it was, EQ was more powerful than IQ, like 400% or something like that. Yep. Yeah, they did a study over 40 years. And they determined that emotional intelligence was 400% more valuable than intellectual intelligence in determining success. And I think that number is, personally, I think that number is low. Mm. I think emotional intelligence is far more important, especially in the times we're living in, than intellectual intelligence. The development of emotional intelligence multiplies the results that individuals are getting based primarily on intellectual intelligence. It's a critical part of our development that's missing. Okay. See, quite frankly, a lack of emotional intelligence makes it much easier for people to control us based on fear. Mm. Interesting. Talk more about we get that. Fed a diet. Mm -hmm. We get fed a diet of fear constantly, all the time. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it stops us from leaving our comfort zone. So the development of emotional intelligence 
removes the stranglehold that fear has on us. We're much, it's, we're much more difficult to control externally as it should be. Interesting, interesting. I could see that playing out in a lot of different ways. Um, you can kind of think if you if you play it out, mm -hmm. you want to if you want to get into a conspiracy theory here. <laughs> Put on the tinfoil hat. Um, you can see how much better it would be for governments and educational institutions and employers to not want their organizations to be developing their emotional intelligence. It's much more easier. It's much easier to control and manipulate individuals based on fear when they lack emotional intelligence, when they lack agency. Interesting. And I, I can see you pointing that, but if that were the case, wouldn't that stymie innovation in a way? Because absolutely. Yeah. The results were the results we've been getting mm -hmm. are a fraction, a fraction of the results we could be getting with the development of our emotional intelligence. I mean, take a look around. You've got to be you got to be crazy to think that what we're doing is working. <laughs> In relative yeah. terms, we've been on the planet as a species mm. for less than a half of one second. And in that time we've destroyed the we've destroyed the climate. Mm. Um, mm. There isn't a single other species on the planet that wouldn't be better off if humanity didn't exist. We're the virus on the planet. Um, we've our track record is terrible. We killed more people in the 20th century than in all of recorded human history. And that trend continues in this century. Lack of emotional intelligence and the freedom, the agency that provides. It's really cost us incredibly. So if we all had better emotional intelligence, we would get along better. And some of our conflicts probably would not rise up to the level that they have Absolutely. historically. Absolutely. It would, uh, it would go a long way towards eliminating drama, chaos, and conflict. War. War is simply an amygdala hijack on a national level. Hmm. War is an amygdala hijack on a national level. It's an attempt to control and manipulate. Okay, okay. In that vein, let me ask you this, um, slight tangent sidestep. Um, when companies are hiring or when they are interviewing candidates, do you think it should be mandatory? Uh, some sort of assessment should be in place for companies to uh, rate, rank, or track EQ among people before they even get to the, to the inside the company? Absolutely. Without, without assessing somebody's level of emotional intelligence, you're really letting the fox into the hen house. Mm. You're really crippling your ability to generate the kind of results that you want to generate. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. It's the single, it's the single biggest obstacle to achieving success. 
Fair point. Fair point. Uh, you said a lot of interesting things here. I know some of the listeners are thinking to themselves, I would like to talk to him and get a little bit more information. How can they find you online if so? Um, have I, did I give you, um, they can reach out to me, uh, uh, get on my calendar for a zoom chat. I'd love to meet them. Did I give you uh, the link to my, uh, my calendar? If I'll not, include, I will do that. Yeah, uh, uh, please. And I'll include that in the podcast description, but for those listening, uh, how can they find you online? What's your web address? Um, they can reach me, find me on LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I have a newsletter on LinkedIn. I publish every day. Uh, um, just look for uh, Phil Johnson or Master of Business Leadership Program. Okay. Um, yeah. Very cool. And I'll leave links to that inside the podcast description for those listening as well. Sir, I do appreciate your time. Uh, it was a very interesting conversation and I knew it would be. Thank you so much for being on Tripod. Jim, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for the work you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them to us. You can reach us at tripod, that's T-R-I-B-E-P-O-D, at proactivetalent.com. We look forward to hearing from you.